0: I want to invite you guys to welcome a good friend of mine, Sammy Tanago, who is uh, originally from Egypt, currently from Orange County, which is about as far away. (laughs) And uh, God has uh, just uniquely gifted and qualified him to, uh, to just have an incredible ministry reaching out to Muslim people and sharing the gospel with them. And uh, in accordance with what God has called us to, you know, as we come to the end of the gospel of Matthew, the Lord said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go, therefore, make disciples of every nation, every ethnos, every ethnic group. And uh, I remember, I don't know, I think it was a couple of years ago, Sammy came and uh, God used him to show some areas in my life where where I had some... uh, Uh, at least some bigotry issues (laughs) being a marine the bad guys always stay the bad guys you know And, and then to realize and recognize that God has done an amazing work and that he is calling us to bring the truth of his word to change the hearts of men everywhere and so God used Sammy to do that work in my heart and it's my prayer he'll do that work for you guys as well as he shares with us let's let
1: him feel welcome Good morning, everybody. <laughs> morning, everybody. Morning. What a joy to be here with you today. Uh, is everybody got one of my ministry praise report? If you don't, raise your hand and Ron and the Corey is ready to give you one. Raise your hand if you didn't. Okay. Okay. Just keep your hand raising. And Stephanie, get ready for the DVD. We're going to show you a DVD and I have a few copies if you want to pick up one before you leave. Uh, Go ahead, Stephanie.
2: In order for a culture to maintain itself for more than 25 years, there must be a fertility rate of 2.11 children per family. With anything less, the culture will decline. Historically, no culture has ever reversed a 1.9 fertility rate, a rate of 1.3 impossible to reverse, because it would take 80 to 100 years to correct itself and there is no economic model that can sustain a culture during that time. In other words, if two sets of parents each have one child, there are half as many children as parents. If those children have one child, then there are one-fourth as many grandchildren as grandparents. If only a million babies are born in 2006, it's hard to have two million adults enter the workforce in 2026. As the population shrinks, so does the culture. As of 2007, the fertility rate in France was 1.8. England, 1.6. Greece, 1.3. Germany, 1.3. Italy, 1.2. Spain, 1.1. Across the entire European Union of 31 countries, the fertility is a mere 1.38. Historical research tells us these numbers are impossible to reverse. In a matter of years, Europe as we know it will cease to exist. Yet the population of Europe is not declining. Why? Immigration. Islamic immigration of all population growth in Europe since 1990 ninety percent has been Islamic immigration France 1.8 children per family Muslims 8.1 in southern France traditionally one of the most populated church regions in the world there are now more mosques than churches 30 percent of children ages 20 and younger are Islamic In the larger cities such as Nice, Marseille and Paris, that number has grown to 45%. By 2027, one in five Frenchmen will be Muslim. In just 39 years, France will be an Islamic Republic. In the last 30 years, the Muslim population of Great Britain rose from 82,000 to 2.5 million, a 30-fold increase. There are over 1,000 mosques, many of them former churches. In the Netherlands, 50% of all newborns are Muslim, and in only 15 years, half of the population of the Netherlands will be Muslim. In Russia, there are over 23 million Muslims, that's one out of five Russians. 40% of the entire Russian army will be islamic in just a few short years currently in belgium 25 percent of the population and 50 percent of all newborns are muslim the government of belgium has stated one-third of all european children will be born to muslim families by 2025 just 17 years away the german government the first to talk about this publicly Recently released a statement saying, The fall in the German population can no longer be stopped. Its downward spiral is no longer reversible. It will be a Muslim state by the year 2050. more al Gaddafi of Libya said, There are signs that Allah will grant victory to Islam in Europe without swords, without guns, without conquest. We don't need terrorists. We don't need homicide bombers the fifty-plus million Muslims in Europe will turn it into a Muslim continent within a few decades. There are currently 52 million Muslims in Europe. The German government said that number is expected to double in the next 20 years to 104 million. Closer to home, the numbers tell a similar story. Right now, Canada's fertility rate is 1.6, nearly a full point below what is required to sustain a culture. And Islam is now the fastest growing religion. Between 2001 and 2006, Canada's population increased by 1.6 million. 1.2 of those, immigration. In the United States, the current fertility rate of American citizens is 1.6. With the influx of the Latino nations, the rate increases to 2.11, the bare minimum required to sustain a culture. In 1970, there were 100,000 Muslims in America. Today, there are over 9 million. The world is changing. It's time to wake up. Three years ago, a meeting of 24 Islamic organizations was held in Chicago. The transcripts of that meeting showed in detail their plans to evangelize America through journalism, politics, education, and more. They said, we must prepare ourselves for the reality that in 30 years there will be 50 million Muslims living in America. The world that we live in is not the world in which our children and grandchildren will live." The Catholic Church recently reported that Islam has just surpassed their membership numbers. Some studies show that at Islam's current rate of growth, in five to seven years, it will be the dominant religion of the world. As believers, we call upon you to join the effort to share the gospel message with the changing world. This is a call to action.
1: I love how that DVD ended. This is a call to action. And obviously, this is a ministry that is far more than I can do, uh, or Pastor Jackie and Kathy can do. This is a ministry that requires the involvement of as many members of the body of Christ as possible. So today is about action, actually, more than it's about Bible study. Actually, the Christian life is about action. It's not about Bible study and praying and worshiping and uh, fellowshipping. All that is good. So we can be able to take more actions. But if you are doing all that and not taking action, you are missing out on the most exciting thing and enjoyable thing that can happen in your life, which is... God is using your life. Just get that from the beginning. It's about action. Now, my part is simple, actually. My part is to give you the message that God put on my heart, and I've been praying for for uh, a few weeks now with my wife, and to give you what God gave me, and your part is to connect with God and to find out what kind of action God wants you to take. Because definitely, make, make no mistake about it, God would love to use as many of us, you, as possible to be part of the process of sending Muslims or lost to spend eternity with him. This is not my job only. Okay, now the first part of the message is every four persons living in the world today, one of them is a Muslim. Muslim population doubles every 20 years. In America right now, we have about 20 million Muslims. I know that from experience because I live in Orange County, California. We have about 500,000 Muslims. Los Angeles, about 1 million. Uh, I go to Calvary Chapel, Fremont. It's a very small church, and uh, Pastor Tim Brown supports our ministry, uh, was a hundred dollars once. And I always want to see him. I give him a big hug. I told him, thank you for sacrificing hundred dollars to him means a lot. And they said, we believe this is important because we have in Fremont, California, 40,000 Afghani Muslims. That was six years ago. Now they're probably 70,000 Afghani Muslims. So Muslims are growing very rapidly. Now, most of these Muslims never heard the message of the gospel communicated to them effectively in a way they can understand. Never heard the answers to their questions. And I will explain that a little bit later. But let me move quickly uh, through the Bible verses that God gave me, so we will not run out of time. I want to stay with you for a few hours. I know we don't have that much time, uh, only three hours. (laughs) <laughs> so, the first, the first point I want to pay your attention to is Genesis 12. Why? Because it is from the beginning that when God chose Abraham, God told Abraham, I will bless you and through you. Huh? Thank you. Talk to me. All. So, it was God's plan from the beginning, from choosing Abraham, not to bless him and then bless Israel and just expand a little bit. Uh -uh. It was God's original plan from the beginning of choosing Abraham and Jacob and Israel is to use them as a blessing to all the families of the earth. And God is telling you and me the same thing. God chose you and me. God called us personally. And God blessed us. You want me to remind you because Thanksgiving is coming? God put us in the greatest country in the world, America. This is the best that the world can get. God guided us to a genuine Christian movement, Calvary Chapel. We are not perfect, but when we sin, we repent. We want to depend on God. We want to understand the word of God. And we want to do God's will. We are not the only one, but we are one of the few. You are blessed to have Pastor Jackie and Kathy. And I'm serious. And I don't say that in every church I go to. And I am blessed to have good pastors. We, we have a sinful nature. We make mistakes. We sin. God said, no problem. I forgive all of your sins. Because of what Jesus has done, and it was his grace and mercy that opened our hearts and eyes to understand and to experience God's grace. Life is difficult for all of us. Sometimes we face problems, challenges, uh, you know, suffering sometimes. God said, no problem. I will live within you Call upon me, I will fill you with my spirit, and my spirit will give you joy and peace and hope. (laughs) And don't forget, after all, life is short. It can end any time. Boom, it can end like that. God gave us eternal life. (laughs) You know how short life is? Life can end any moment, and if it didn't end quickly, abruptly, just give it 15 more years. Half of us here will be dead, and the other half, most of them will be growing old, and they will be sick, and uh, they will die soon also. This is the good news I came to share with you today. (laughs) Happy New Year. If you eat organic and exercise, you got a couple more years. Can you imagine God gave us eternal life? Wow! And promised us that we will share his kingdom and his glory and will will enjoy his presence and he will reward us generously for any action. Uh Any action we took because we love him or because we love his church or because we want to expand his kingdom. God is telling all of us, I chose you and I blessed you because I love you. More than we can ever imagine. I don't know why God loved me and blessed me, but it's his grace and mercy and, uh, and awesome heart. But God is also telling us, receive my blessings and receive more of my blessings, but I want you to be used by me to be a blessing to as many families as we let him. Do you want to know one of the secret of the most exciting, interesting, enjoyable life that you can ever have, which I'm experiencing right now, the more you agree with God and the more you tell him, okay, every day, God, bless me more. Every week, bless me more. Every month, every year, bless me with all kinds of blessings. And God, I want to live to be used by you as a channel of Blessing other families and blessing other people. I don't want to just contain the blessing and watch TV and be self-centered. No, God, I want to live for you. And God will say, wow, you are a person that is qualified to receive more of my blessings. And God's going to bless you more. And God's going to use you more. And your life will be extremely exciting. I cannot describe it to you. Genesis 17 Stephanie, God promised to bless Ishmael. Ishmael is the physical and the spiritual ancestor to the Muslim people. When God gave circumcision at the sign of the covenant to Abraham, Abraham and Ishmael were circumcised together. Sign of the covenant. And the Bible records God was with Ishmael as he grew up. Whether we like it or not, Ishmael is in God's heart, and God's eternal plans of blessings from the beginning. Stephanie, God promised Hagar to multiply her descendants exceedingly. Genesis sixteen. God told Hagar, God, Hagar was called Abraham's wife one time in the Bible. God Himself named Hagar unborn son Ishmael, which means God hears. Same verse, God heard Hagar's affliction. Genesis 21. God heard Ishmael crying. And God wants us to hear the cry of Muslims. God wants the church in America, whom He showered His blessings upon. To hear the cry of Muslims. Is Muslims crying? (laughs) They are crying now more than ever. Let me give you two reasons. One, Muslims have been killing each others in the past 25, 30, 40 years more than ever. Actually, right now we have millions and millions of Muslims refugees going any place that can take them. Why? Because their people are killing each others, and Muslim countries are attacking each others. Now, more than ever. And the Muslim people lost faith in the religious spiritual leaders, not only the political leaders, of course, but also the religious leaders. Why? Because they failed to solve their problems and to give them peace and unity and love and one family. You should be grateful for your spiritual leaders and the political leaders also. Okay? (laughs) Why? Because it could have been a lot more worse. A lot more. They are not perfect. They make a lot of mistakes. Yes, but that's the best the world can get. Almost. Muslims are crying because Muslims also deep down... They want to walk with God. They want to please God. They believe in God as a creator. They don't know exactly who God is, but they believe that there is a God, there is a judgment day, and they are longing to gain God's forgiveness and to gain peace with God. They are willing to do anything. I dare to tell you, even those Muslims that believe in violence... They remind me of the Apostle Paul before he became the Apostle Paul. Remember? Saul, was he an angel? He was a terrorist. He was dash, And God made him the Apostle Paul. He was dash. The Bible told us Paul laid waste the church. Paul's mission was to destroy the church, kill Christians, and arrest them. But he was doing it out of good intention. (laughs) He thought he was serving God. He was horribly deceived. And those are most of the Muslim people. The Muslim people are not our enemies. Actually, they are victims to our enemies. Satan. Muslim people are crying. They believe in God, they want to have a good relationship with God. They don't know how, because the Quran did not give them the right information about God. They are lost. They have a little bit of good information and many wrong information. Who should give them the right information about God? Guess who? Are we doing it? Absolutely not. Let me give you an evidence. I used to work as a defense lawyer in Egypt, so I love evidence that church leaders in America and pastors spend billions of dollars every year. Billions on so many things. Many of these things are not essential. Many hundreds of millions of those money are not essential to spend. And they don't spend 1%, 1% of their time or resources or budget or prayers, or mind, to share Jesus with Muslims who comprise 25% of world population. The Christian leaders in America and pastors are more involved of supporting wars against Muslims, more more involved in politics, more involved in attacking the American government, and watching Fox News more and supporting the Republican Party, more than they are involved in doing their job description, the Great Commission. This is your job description, Pastor. This is your job description, Christian leader. You are not a politician. You are not John Wayne or Clint Stood or something like that. Uh, or, or a hero, you know, you are uh, an evangelist and a Bible teacher and helping people, mobilizing people to fulfill the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. Most of the Christian leaders of America are failing to fulfill the Great Commission where it comes to Muslims. Why? Many reasons. One of them, Satan used. Satan is so clever. Our enemy and the enemy of humanity. Satan used the nine eleven terrorist attack. And he used war between Muslims and Americans. American soldiers killed. All of us love America. And they pray for the American soldiers and government. Satan used our support to Israel, Christian support to Israel. Most Christians in America, 100% blindly, no question, ask support to Israel. So Satan used our love for America and support to Israel and our love... To American people and he did what? He penetrated our hearts and minds and he managed to put negative feelings and thoughts toward the Muslims. Why? Because he knows that we always like to share Jesus with somebody that we love. With somebody that loves us and nice to us. With somebody that is our friend or friend to our friend. Or somebody like us. But our enemies, they can go to hell. That's exactly what the church leaders in America have done. Actually, one of the most prominent Christian leaders in America, Franklin Graham, put in his Facebook, no secret, we should stop all Muslim immigration from coming to America. And thousands of Christian leaders supported him and said, yes. This is the situation now. Most of the Christians, actually, this was not only in America. This was also in Egypt, my homeland. Most of the Christians hated Muslims. Because they discriminated against us and all that stuff. Treated us as Christians, as second class citizens. I, I tried to witness Muslims. I was attacked physically a couple of times. I was arrested. My wife was a Muslim, became a Christian. They put her in prison. So naturally, Satan used our human feelings to respond negatively to Muslims. He's so clever. Why? He want to send as many Muslims to hell as possible. That's his goal number one. Goal number two, he want to stop as many Christians as possible of sharing the message of God's love and Jesus effectively with Muslims, which they are so desperately need. Kuri, one of the elders of the church here, uh, took me to visit a Muslim family yesterday uh, from Iraq, and they gave us a lot of food. I never seen in any American home. Never seen generosity in American home like I seen with Muslims. Never I seen most, most of the Muslims are more generous than Christians. Okay, just to be honest with you. Especially most Muslims and Arabs are a lot generous than Americans. (laughs) I hope I don't lose all of you over this. But this is just a fact. Just examine it. Examine it. Don't take my word for it. And I talked to him about Jesus. And he watched my wife DVD. A Muslim came to Christ and he, he was impacted. And we listened to Arabic Christian songs all for hours. And he asked me about Jesus. And I told him... Calvary Chapel Bull love all people, including Muslims. And they said, I am so glad to hear that between us. Muslims are crying. They need our help. Lost people in general are crying. Lost people are captive to Satan, deceived by Satan, and they need your help and my help. Stephanie, please look at me all the time. <laughs> yeah. As you promised, okay? Or Jeff can pay your attention. You remember when Hagar and the Ishmael were dying from thirst? What happened? They were dying. They ran out of water. God intervened, told Hagar, Do not be afraid. I hear the Ishmael crying. Lift up Ishmael by the hand. I will make into him a great nation. And God personally opened Hagar's eyes, and she saw a well of water, and he saved their lives. You know, this story proves that Ishmael's birth was not just merely simply a mistake Abraham did. Uh-uh. It proves that God has a special love for Ishmael and the wonderful plan from his life and from the life of his children. First Chronicle chapter 1. A thousand years later, after Ishmael's death, his name and his first two sons' names, Kedar and Nebaioth, Remember these two names, Kedar and Nebaioth, were carefully recorded in the genealogies of the holy text. Isaiah 21 told us that the Arab people came from Kedar. This is very important. Try to focus a little bit. This is the most difficult thing you need to understand today. Only take one minute. So, Kedar and uh, Nebias, al first two sons, Arab people came from Kedar. And then we have Isaiah 60. God said, All Kedar's flocks will be gathered to you. The rams of Nebias will serve you. They will be accepted as offering on my altar. tan ta, tan tan. Are you with me? You guys with me? Yes. Kedar and Nabiath, Ismael, first two sons, Arab people came from Kedar. God is saying, their descendants, the flocks and rams of Kedar and Nabiath, will be accepted as offerings on my altar. And let me tell you something I discover extremely makes this prophecy one of the most significant prophecy in the Old Testament, which you never hear in Christian American radio. I searched the Christian commentaries. I discovered that the time God gave these words to Prophet Isaiah and told him to say these words, I discovered that Qedar and Nebaioth already had been dead a thousand years ago. <laughs> Are you with me? Clearly, these words do not refer to the person of Kedar and Nebaioth because they had been dead a thousand years ago. Uh Aha! God was referring to their children, to their descendants. Arabs and Muslims will be gathered with their families. They will be saved in the day of the harvest. And actually, uh, a personal testimony about eight years ago, one day, me and my wife, we were overwhelmed. How can we reach Muslims? <laughs> we only can reach a few Muslims every month. What should we do in this huge ministry? And we had the passion, we had the experience, we had the education, we had the calling, but we didn't know how to do anything much. We do a little. And then uh, a, a few American Christians told, uh, you know, I, I was offered a, a paid possession by my church, and, and, and my wife told me, no, don't take it, uh, because... Uh, Uh, many reasons, and pray, and we prayed, and many Christians advised. I said, no, 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 your ministry, you need to start a non-profit ministry. And we started praying, and God said, that's right, this is not your ministry, this is the ministry of the church, because you can equip my church to witness to Muslims, And you can give a message to motivate my church. I will give you the message. I will give you the the evangelistic tool and the information. And you can also partner with the churches and with believers. And instead of you reaching a few Muslims every month, you can reach hundreds. And with more help, more prayer, you can reach thousands and millions. We said, wow, this is great. This is not our ministry. We are only a part of the ministry. God said, that's right. And we asked ourselves, which Bible verse should we put in our letterhead? It was an exciting day. Immediately, God gave us John 10, 16. Immediately, the same second we asked the question. Jesus said, I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must also bring them. They too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock, one shepherd. God wants His church to know today that multitudes of these sheep are the flocks and the rams, the descendants of Kidar and the Jeremiah 49, Iranian Muslims will come to Christ. So a few years ago, we were able to save $10,000, which is a lot of money for us, and some people donated a few thousand. And God told me, send your book to be translated to Farsi. I wrote a book, to answer the questions Muslims have. And God said, send it to Colorado to be translated to Farsi. And I did. And we were praying. And we got an email from a Christian Iranian lady. You can read it after the service. My father is Iranian and was raised in the Muslim religion. Over the years, he had many questions which my husband and I have done our best to answer. Now, this is an Iranian lady that came to Christ. However, uh, when I got hold of your book, Glad News, God Loves You, My Muslim Friend in Farsi, I was so excited to share it with him. About a month later, as he and I spoke, he couldn't stop telling me how much he loved the book, tra tra tra. he finally understood, see, understood. Tra tra. Uh, uh, I am so thankful for your book. It answered many of his questions, giving him clarity. I am blessed to say he considers himself a Christian now. And a few months ago, I got invited by... Uh, Salem Lutheran Church in the city of Orange, Orange County. I was so surprised Lutheran churches never invite me to speak because they need ordained pastor. Anyway, why they invited me to speak their three morning services Sunday because their pastor called me one day and asked me if I have my book in Farsi. I told him, yes, and I drove to him. I gave him the book in Farsi. He gave it to Iranian couple, and they read the book. They came to Christ, and they decided to invite me to equip the Holy Church uh, with a message and with a book, because the church also was feeling very negative toward the Muslims in Orange County. We have 500,000. And I went to speak, and I saw those Iranian couple, and they gave me a hug. And they told me, Thank you for writing this book. It answered our questions. We were Iranian Muslims, and we came to Christ, and we came today to be baptized and to be members in the church. Stephanie? <laughs> Isaiah 1920 verse 21. God said he will save Muslims in Egypt, my homeland, about 80 million Muslims. And do we hope to reach them through satellite? Isaiah 19, 25, God said, blessed to be Egypt, my people. Assyria, which is Iraq, the work of my hand, Israel, my inheritance. And God did a miracle in Egypt. Uh, Pastor Jackie and Kathy, we will tell you what God done in Egypt. Or I can tell you tonight, if you want to come to the seminar tonight at the Boys and Girls Club, Acts 2, Arab people were evangelized. People in heaven will come from all over the world. Muslims are growing all over the world. We got some prophecies in my Arabic Bible. And we got reality. What is reality? Reality is God is speaking to hundreds of Muslims and thousands of Muslims through visions and dreams. Why? Because there is lack of missionaries. Remember when Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Very few believers or pastors are investing their lives to share Jesus effectively with Muslims. But God is preparing the Muslim world. Visions and dreams, they are killing each other. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, uh, materials like this, my book, and God is working. And more Muslims have come to Christ in the past 50 years than in the past 1,400 years. This is the time. This is God's day for Muslims. You remember the Passion of Christ movie? A big rumor got out there the movie is anti-Semitic because it shows that the Jews crucified Jesus. You remember? Or you don't? Thank you for answering That made many Muslim leaders excited about the movie. They bought the movie, they put it in their theaters, and they told their people, go watch what the bad Jews have done to the good prophet Jesus. I personally know of one of the Muslim leaders, a debater, a scholar, came to America. The first thing he asked, can I see the passion of Christ? Hundreds of millions of Muslims, perhaps, I don't know how many, watched the passion of Christ, because their their leaders told them to watch it to see how bad the juice is, and uh, I got report that the, most of them, or, many, or a huge number of them, were crying like babies. Remember, Muslims are emotional. They are different than Westerners, different than American, European, Australian, Canadian. The Western culture, the American culture, focus on achievement and accomplishment. So they don't let emotions impact them so much. But the Muslim culture, they focus on feelings and personal relationship. So that, God used that to make them impacted by the movie. And they start getting more dreams, more visions, and they cried, and they start feeling that there might be a powerful expression of God's love than what they have heard. God may be Sacrifice for them. They start thinking about these things. What is the good news? The good news is God already started fulfilling the prophecies. Me and my wife, we don't have time to waste. Why? Because God is already starting fulfilling the prophecies and God is going to use, God is going to save perhaps hundreds of millions of Muslims and God is looking for people to use and if we are not available, guess what? God's going to use somebody else. God's going to use the Lutheran. Okay? Don't make fun of other denominations. If you don't take action, guess what? God's going to use somebody else who will take action. (laughs) You can study the Bible as much as you want. (laughs) And pray as much as you want. It's by action. By action. Doing God's will. How do I know that God started fulfilling the prophecies from the emails I get? That Muslims coming to Christ just through a book I wrote. Let me let me give you some testimonies. Now, I have two goals. In my calling goal number one to remove the uh, goal number one to motivate equip Christians to witness effectively to Muslims and remove the obstacles that exist in the Christian heart and mind and provide the Christians with my book and CDs and DVDs to equip the Christians. And of course, I give a lot of free materials uh, to Christians and we have some free materials if you want. And so you can when you see Muslims, you can reach Muslims. Goal number two is to remove the obstacles that exist in the path of Muslims toward the faith in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. So God told me, when I, when I was writing the book, of course we prayed more than we thought and read, uh, me and my wife, God told me, obstacle number one, remove the obstacles that the Bible is corrupted, because Muslims hear the Bible is corrupted. So I studied the Quran in depth, And I found out that all the verses in the Quran about the Bible stated that the Bible is the Word of God. Wow! And all the verses, there is not one of them that said the Quran came to replace the Bible. And the Quran came 600 years after the Bible. And many of the verses said to the Muslim, you must obey the Bible. Imagine how awesome those evidence to a defense lawyer. So I put all these evidence... And I put the evidence to fulfill the prophecies and manuscript evidence. I witnessed testimony. I made a strong case in the most clever and humanly possible way and the brief way. And the many Muslims, when they read the first section, their heart started becoming open to the gospel, to the word of God. <laughs> you, do you remember? Do you remember the parable that Jesus gave? In Matthew 13, I believe, verse 19, that some seed, that's my Arabic Bible, some seed fell on the lives of people that did not understand. And it was easy for the wicked one to snatch away the word of God that was sown in their lives. So we try to help Muslims before they understand. The first thing is they need to understand that the Bible is the word of God. Why? So that... The ground will be cultivated and will be open to the word of God, so the seed will fall on good ground. Because the heart has to be open and the mind has to be open. Even for us, your heart has to be open to the word of God, and your mind is open and receives the word of God and believe it and act upon it. If you don't do that, the word of God will mean nothing to you, except a mental exercise. You enjoy the Bible study. So what? Big deal. The Bible is not giving to us to to, to increase our knowledge. The Bible is giving to us to help us fall in love with God more and love our neighbors and love our enemies and be part of fulfilling the Great Commission. This is not about uh, a university you are studying the Bible. So what? You know the Bible. So what? What have you done with what you know? That is the question. Actually, the more you know, the more you are responsible, okay? (laughs) Like the more gifts you have, the more skills you have, the the more God gave you, the more you are responsible. And the more I am responsible. Because you know so much, and people are dying just to know that this is the Word of God, and God loves them. Anyway, I leave that to Pastor Jackie. (laughs) So we, we send our book to as many places as possible, with the small financial resources that we got. So, we tried to put the book in universities. So, I got an email. Look what happened. My Turkish friend Mehmet said, he could consider the Bible. That's a Turkish Muslim friend studying for his PhD in Pennsylvania. And I got an email from a full-time Christian minister in the university. And I am offering free book books to any Muslim that study in the university. Okay? I told God, enable me to give at least, we try to give free book to any Muslims we meet. Especially those are studying. Why? Because they are thinking. Because there are people that think, and there's people that can't think. Their mind is not trained to think. My Turkish friend Mehmet said that he could consider the Bible and read it after he read Glad News. It showed him that he was allowed to read the Bible from the Quran. I proved it from the Quran. As a Muslim, it opened his eyes. He said, I could not put the book down. And this is the answer of prayer. Without prayer, nothing happens. Without the Holy Spirit, nothing happens. He said, I don't like reading English that much, but I read 200 pages in one day. I could have read more, but I looked up every Quranic reference. You see, because he, he respected the Quran and he doesn't think the Bible is the word of God. So we need to move him by using what he believes to make him go where God wants him to have. Why? Because truth to be taught is learned easy through truth already known. Like the, I'm going to explain that tonight. Don't worry tonight i'm going to give the most important information in in evangelizing muslims if if you want to come okay now after a few months he got baptized (laughs) studying for his phd very smart brilliant turkish muslim uh, and is now sharing actively to other muslims while he works on his phd here in the usa uh, we were all so thrilled because they were trying to convert him for a long time. Thank you for writing this book. I got an email from one of the directors of Voice of the Martyrs. Now he has his own ministry, Pastor David Witt. He said, I am glad to share with you wonderful news of your book, Glad News. God loves you, my Muslim friend, impacting lives in North Africa. We were able to send one Arabic copy. The book now in 11 languages. One Arabic copy. Our MBB, Muslim background believers, emailed us back saying this one book traveled travel the nation, two Muslims accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. Now they are requesting 500 books. Another email from the same pastor, David Witt, you can Google him. He said, your book has made the Mauritanian news. The Mauritanian government notice That many Muslims, after they read my book, they start reading the Bible with open heart and they become born again. So they put a copy of the Bible in Arabic and a copy of my book in Arabic in a major newspaper and they warned the Muslim people in Mauritania and in North Africa not to read these two books. (laughs) I'm glad you are laughing. Are you with me? Many of you sound uh, sleepy or you had good breakfast. I don't know. They give me a free advertisement in the country of Mauritania. What does that mean? Your book has traveled the nation. Muslims, a huge number of Muslims, perhaps 60% to 70% are thirsty people drinking from salty water. Thirsty people drinking from salty water. They are ripe for harvest. And very few Christians are doing anything to help them. They are like Cornelius. You remember Cornelius? In the book of Acts, Acts 10, Cornelius was neither a Jew nor born again Christian, but the Bible recorded that he was a man devout to God. He believed in God and he used to fast and help the poor. He used to do good works. Actually, the Bible said, The alms of Cornelius were accepted. Wow! Wow! God was accepting Cornelius' efforts to, to please him. Even though Cornelius was not a Jew, was not a person in the people of the covenant, and was not born again. But he was a man that has a conscience, and he knew that there is a God And he was trying to please God and to follow a good conscience. And God said, I accept what you are doing for me. Peter, go tell Cornelius about Jesus. Go tell him. But before God can use Peter, God needed to help Peter overcome his prejudice against a God-fearing man from a different background. And that's exactly what God is trying to do with the American and Christian leaders and pastors and believers. Go, trying to have them go to Muslims and love them first. Like you love the Jews and the Israelis and white and blue eyes and beautiful blonde hair. And after you love them, after you have my heart toward them, tell them about Jesus and answer their questions. I got an email, I spoke at a big Calvary Chapel in Tallahassee, maybe four times in the past 15 years. Before I went the last time, I got an email from Malak. My name is Malak, I am originally from Lebanon. I I came to finish my study. I am a Muslim, I have always been a Muslim. Somebody give me a copy of your book. Let me say, since I read this book, I fell in love with God. I am now happier than before. I saw and felt what I haven't seen nor felt before. God's love for me. (laughs) <laughs> Muslims are thirsty to know that God loves them. The only problem now I'm in the middle of, I'm falling in love with Jesus. I told her, this is not a serious problem, Malak. <laughs> we all have serious problems, you know. Uh, another email. I am done reading the book. It's one of the most beautiful books. that right? it. Open my heart to God in a beautiful way. Very beautiful way. I'm planning to get a copy in Arabic when I visit my parents in Lebanon. Your book changed the way I look to God, certainly changed my life. And you know, it is not my words that changed her life. It is the Holy Spirit using the word of God. But God gave me a job to do. And God want to give you a job to do. (laughs) God want to give each one of us something to do. My job was to put the evidence to Muslims, to present Jesus in the most understandable, convincing, attractive, acceptable way. And God put in the heart of of American Christians to pray for me. And God put it in the heart of of, of 10 pastors... Pastor Jackie is one of them to support our ministry financially and God put it in the heart of a hundred believers or so to to donate $15 a month or $20 a month and we're able to do the book in 11 language and spread it and we are winning Muslim to Christ. It is not me. It is the body of Christ using a few believers and a few awesome pastors uh, like Pastor Jackie and Kathy that they are in harmony with his heart. Because most of the pastors, most of the churches, maybe 999 of the churches that I speak at, we get zero support. Actually, the last church I spoke at, I flew, I paid the airline ticket. Uh, they, they never paid the airline ticket. They never gave me honorarium, money. And they, and they actually, they took book free. Okay? <laughs> this is the American pastors. I flew to the East Coast, I spend my days in the airport, I get $200, and I leave books, and I don't get. American pastors and American believers don't like to invest in Muslim evangelism. Okay, I got an email. Oh, the last email. Thank you for helping me experience and enjoy God's love and salvation. Malak is a happy Christian born again, married a born again Christian in Calvary Chapel, Talhaz. This is Calvary Chapel, Chattanooga. We want a Muslim to Christ. This is my mission pastor, Calvary Chapel, Kusamisa, Pastor John Choubek. He was a missionary in Europe. He sent me an email. He said, we give your book to a very dedicated Iraqi Muslim lawyer. He read your book, he came to Christ. Calvary Chapel, San Lewis We want a Muslim in the university. Calvary Chapel, Coronda. Calvary Chapel, uh, Corona. We want a Muslim in prison. And the list goes on and on and on. What does that mean? It means that Muslims are thirsty people drinking from salty water, drinking from the Quran, and having the wrong teachers. They are not teaching them God's word. Okay. Now, let's move on. I have to to move quickly. Stephanie, thank you. I don't have time to uh, share... My wife testimony, but I have a few DVDs if you want to take one. She was born and raised as a Muslim. She was studying to be a Muslim teacher in Al-Azhar University and an Arabic teacher. She became born again. She started talking about Jesus before they put her in prison. One of the PhD Muslim professors believed her story. He became born again in prison. She met three ex-Muslims. They started praying and singing Christian songs. uh, And the prisoner told them, why you are singing? We read your name in one of the newspapers. You could be executed. They told them, God is going to reward us for sacrificing our life for Jesus. Don't worry about us. You need Jesus. Jesus can help you. Jesus said, Jesus said, many of the prisoners start talking to Jesus. Some got born again. Why God is working in the Muslim world? Uh, Stephanie, because God is, say it loud, God is, (laughs) God is, And God gave us the greatest commandment, to love him with our whole being, and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Very clear, very clear. Now, by the way, I meet so many wonderful, nice Non-Christian Americans. Okay, I meet them in the airport, in the airplane. I meet them everywhere, my neighbors everywhere. I meet non-Christian Americans. And God told me, I used you to write a book to, for the salvation of a few thousand Muslims maybe. Uh, and uh, and uh, wh- how about if you write another book to present my love and Jesus to non-Christian Americans that you meet that are not close to me. So I did it. And we've seen some conversion. Now, how many here have a relationship with one non-Christian American, and you are willing to pray for that person, and to manifest God's love to that person, and to give that person my book? It's called The True Love. Don't ask me about the service. What is this book is about? It's about... Presenting God's love and Jesus in the most gentle way. Okay, if you are willing to do that, okay, thank you. You are the most excited person to take action. She raised her hand first. Come, I have a few books I want to give. Come. Come. But you have to do it right. You have, don't waste God's resources. I have a few more books and I have more on the table, okay? Love that person, pray for that person, manifest God's love in action, and give the book and invite that person to church, and let God use you. Now, don't forget, Muslims are our neighbors. According to Disneyland in California, it's a small world after all. God want to save the bad Muslims. You remember when God told Jonah, go to Nineveh? And Jonah told him, Nineveh? (coughs) Excuse me, God. (laughs) It is part of the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrian Empire is against your people, Israel. The people of the covenant that you chose. And on top of that, the Ninevites is a wicked people. And God said, I insist, go to Nineveh. And that was God in the Old Testament. And that was the biggest revival in the Old Testament. And now God is telling Christians in America, don't sit, watch TV and drinking beer and don't talk about politics so much. Take action. Go to Muslims. Go to non-Christian Americans. Even if they are bad. We don't have time for that. Tonight, maybe we'll talk about it. When you see a Muslim, tell him, Salam alaikum. Muslims are God-conscious people. Trust me, they believe in a Creator. They don't know who exactly God is. They are frightened from God because even Muhammad did not know he's going to make it to heaven. They are right for the gospel. I proved it to you. Read some of these emails. Maybe I will prove it to you more. God wants to equip you. Don't make any mistake about it. God wants you to be ready. God wants you to be to use your time to be equipped, to be prepared spiritually. Filled with the Holy Spirit, mentally, filled with good information, alert for the opportunity, boom, take action. You think God wants you to work and pay for the house and take care of your family and your car and that's it? No, no because you're going to lose everything you took care of, including your house. You're going to lose sooner or later, Remember. God wants us to answer the question that people have about him and answer the question that Muslims have about Jesus and answer them in the best way possible. And, and, and let me tell you something. Let me give you my testimony quickly. It will encourage you. I used to work as a defense lawyer, as I told you, in my father's legal firm in Egypt. It was a good job to make money, make my father happy, get prestige, success, all that, like my grandfather. But I was not able to fulfill my calling. One of the reasons, most of my clients were drug dealers and all of them were guilty. They were very guilty. So I used to help drug dealers get out of prison. For two years, and God convicted me. God told me, remember, I told God, what can I do? God said, Moses. Left Egypt, prefer to leave Egypt, suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin. For a season, God told me, don't be stupid. Lose what you can't keep to gain what you can't lose. Leave Egypt. Walk by faith. Moses preferred to leave Egypt. And I was reading those verses in Hebrew 11 and crying and God told me, leave Egypt. Leave your father, leave your legal career, leave your culture, your language, your, your, your property, leave everything. Lose everything for me. Walk by faith. I will use your life. I will satisfy your physical need. Don't worry about eating and sleeping. I will guide you. God, more than he satisfied my physical needs. He's using my life and my wife's life. Who are we, sinners, to be used by God to bring Muslims to Christ from many parts of the world? And I told God, actually, I was going to pass the bar exam. And my wife told me, no, don't take the California bar exam. God brought us together so we can do this. And I told her, but I need to use my mind. And God told me, love me with all your mind. Use your mind. Use your ability to analyze issues, to do a research, to prove a case. And I want you to present to Jesus in the most understandable, acceptable, attractive, convincing way to educated Muslims. My family told me, you are an idiot. You are losing your career. My older brother just retired as the chief judge of the Supreme Court in Egypt. Long time ago, 1991, when I was started getting into the ministry, he told me, come back to Egypt. I will connect you with an awesome legal firm. My wife, thank God for my wife, she told me, no. God did not brought us together to get rich. God brought us together to do this, something that the church needs, the Muslims need. I want my family to know Jesus. And, uh, S- Stephanie, can we play my pastor testimony? I had an office at Calvary Chapel, Mesa for 15 years, and many Muslims shook Pastor Chuck Smith's hand and told him, thank you for the ministry. We were Muslims, sure, we became well, Christians." T-
3: Somewhat of a friend uh, who's a Muslim, and Uh uh, we talk here and there. I'm not as knowledgeable as I should be about the Bible, and uh, I would love to be more knowledgeable and try to help him, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because I'm concerned. But it's hard to um, answer some of his questions concerning uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament, and I I would love to know what to do. of format to go through uh, whether we're giving him a book i had given him a bible uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh... so I, I don't know you know hopefully he still has that in his house okay we we do have a fellow here in our church uh... <laughs> who is an egyptian and uh... he probably knows more about the muslim faith than what they know that's me uh... he's very very uh... Versed in uh the Muslim religion and he's written a book titled God loves you my Muslim friend and uh, many Muslims have uh, been converted uh, after reading this book so I would suggest that if you want to give your uh, friend something that would really help him because it takes the Muslim beliefs and it sort of takes the Bible and uh, sort of shows comparisons and so forth And uh, I would highly recommend that you give him this book by Sammy Tanaho on God Loves You, My Muslim Friend.
1: Thank you, Stephanie. The PowerPoint, please. Finish the few verses that left. How God want to save people? Plan A. Plan A. To use you and me. How can they believe without hearing? (laughs) God is asking. How can they believe? (laughs) This is my plan. To use you and me. Plan A. Preacher. Speak. Speak for God's sake. After 15 years, you will not be able to speak. Speak to your neighbor. Speak to Muslims. Speak about God and Jesus. You have an opportunity now. Who knows after two years if you're going to have that opportunity or not? Okay? You guarantee it? Do you guarantee? No, I don't guarantee if I'm going to be able to do the ministry next year. I have now, I need to pray now to be filled with the Spirit, to take advantage of opportunity to be used by God in the most way possible now. Satan always tell you there is time to relax, relax. No. It's a war, and if God is not going to use you or me, he's going to use somebody else, okay? God is going to fulfill the prophecies. God is going to save multitudes of non-Christian Americans and perhaps a few hundred million Muslims. God is going to save Muslims. God can do it. God does not need me or you, okay? God does not need us. Satan is right. However god's desire is to use us he does not need us he can make angels appear in human form and evangelize those people he wants to save and save them okay god does not need your money or your skills or your time or your mouth or need me to write and record the radio program and satellite tv program does it the god does not need that but the way i look at it god is giving us opportunity to be part of fulfilling his eternal plans. So our life can be extremely exciting. My life is all, is way more than exciting. My wife tells me every week we have a lots of enjoyable experience and excitement. We have war, yes. We have challenges, yes. Suffering, yes. Attack, yes. But it makes it more exciting because we overcome. And we reach more Muslims and we win more Muslims. God want to equip you. Don't think that this is my ministry or this is Pastor Jack's ministry. God want to equip every member in the body of Christ. Oh, by the way, I wanted to get my book in English and I revised it in the past couple of years. Minor revision. But get it and be equipped and then give that book to either to another American Christian and tell him you need to be equipped or to a Baptist pastor because God can use us to be a blessing to different parts of the body of Christ or give it to a Muslim who's trying to learn English. Whatever God guides you to do. I can't tell you what to do exactly. Only God can tell you what to do. And, and, and I want to... Oh, but by, the way, by the way, this is very important. Last night, I always pray. And spend time in God's presence every time before I speak. Because God always changes the message. And and give me a few things extra here. Don't say this, say this. So I told God, okay God, here I am. And God told me, tell them, tell them, invest your life. Invest your life, not in the stock market. Invest your life to be part of the process of evangelizing people, sharing Jesus with more people, and sending more people to heaven to spend the eternity with God. You will never regret it. Invest your time. Don't waste your time. Why? <laughs> your time is not your time, actually. It's time that God is giving you. Limited time. You have limited time on earth. Limited opportunity. Invest your time. Yeah, take take, take care of your family, take care of your car, take care of your house, of course. Take care of yourself, take a shower, eat, work. But in your mind, I want to do everything quickly so I can invest more time in sharing Jesus and helping more people to go to heaven. Maybe you can go to a second service. This is not your problem. This is Pastor Jack's problem. Invest your talents and your skills that God gave you. Let me tell you something. The American Christians are the smartest people I ever met in my life. I have mind like that, like a bird compared to the American Christians. Kuri was playing with the computer yesterday to have the Muslim man from Iraq watch my wife DVD. And the American people are brilliant. And I'm sure God gave you talents and skills. Invest them, not only to make money. Well, since we're talking about money, yes, invest your talent and skills and gifts and your experience and education to make as much money as you can. Good. But, spend on yourself as little money as you can and spend more on God's work. I want to tell you a story that God reminded me of yesterday. I was in Israel uh, a couple of years ago, and I was speaking, training Calvary Chapel Bible College for, I think, 25 days, something like that, intensified study, how to witness to Muslims. And I got an invitation to speak in Nazareth Seminary and the Bethlehem Seminary, and the president of Bethlehem Seminary invited me to lunch. You can visit him when you go to Israel next year. And I told him, thank you for being so kind to me, inviting me and my wife to lunch and to speak in the, in the Bethlehem Seminar." He said, no, thank you. I told him, why are you thanking me? He said, uh, because you gave us uh, 2,000 copies of your book in Arabic. Actually, we did not give him anything. This was the first time I know that. What I discovered is American Christian funded the project and they paid for the printing of 5,000 copies Of my book in Arabic in Israel. And he said, we got 2,000. I told him, oh, praise God. What have you done? He said, that's why I want to talk to you about this is very exciting. We gave your book to Palestinians in the West Bank. You know what happened? I told him, no. He said, we won 100 Muslims to Christ. (laughs) By the way, by the way. I wanted to... And and I felt that God told me that yesterday. I I just really... And I very rarely say that. I felt that God is telling me, Sammy, I am the one who is doing the ministry. Not you. First of all. You are just being used. As much as I want you and as much as you allow me to use you. Two, if you don't do everything I want you to do, I'm going to get somebody else to do it. Very simple. You are not indispensable. Three... That man that sacrificed his money, his money is his life, because he gave his life to make that money. That man who sacrificed his money to print the 5,000 copies will not be rewarded less in heaven than you, traveling all over the United States and overseas and writing and recording radio program and satellite program and writing the book and all that. Without that man... A hundred person in Palestine, in in, in Israel, would not have come to Christ. So when you give your money to your church, and I'm reminding you, your church also support our ministry, generously, only ten churches support our ministry, and a handful of believers. When you give your money to your church, or to a ministry like us, or to any other ministry that spread the gospel, whether you give a small amount or large amount, you are not doing less spiritual acts than the pastor or than me or than the missionary or those people that are doing the ministry. Why? Because the money you give, Satan always tries to undermine what you do and to put the attention on me, on the pastor, uh-uh, tell Satan no. I worked hard for that money. I sacrificed my time and my life to make that money. And I am giving the money for God's work to spread the gospel. And that is one of the most spiritual acts that you can do. Can you believe that? We are Calvary Chapel. We don't talk much about money. And that's probably a mistake. Because God does not need our money. But let me tell you something. God wants this desire to use everything in your life. Not only your money. Your talent. Your time, everything. Your travel, everything. And I hope when you go to Israel next year to walk where Jesus walked, that you will take a few of those books. Maybe I can send you a box in Arabic and you can give the book to more Muslim Palestinians and you can also do ministry in Israel. So the trip will be Bible study and mission. If if you buy the book, and I want you to buy the book, uh, I want to give a free copy of that book to as many Muslims as I can. That's my goal. And I want to use radio, Christian radio. Pray for me. I had a meeting with Freedom Radio. I, I want to use Christian radio to equip Christians all over America and to put that book in their hand. And I want to use satellite TV. I told God, before I get sick and die, I don't know when, I want to take 10 million Muslims with me to heaven. 10 million. I told God there is uh, every four persons living in the world, one of them is a Muslim. They, their population doubles every 20 years. Give me ten millions, God, and I leave this earth happy. And if you want to be part of that process, do your part. Be faithful, a steward on what God gave you. Give more money to your church. Give more time to your church give more time if you want to give to our ministry above your tithing you can donate one time when you buy the book to glad news for muslims if you want to become a monthly financial partner i have opportunity to give you to fill a form and donate $10 a month or $15 a month whatever you want above your tithing but most importantly live live for god and i will leave you with this verse jesus said if you try to keep your life for yourself huh you will lose it jesus warned you and me if i try to keep my legal career i have wasted my life but if you give up your life for me and for the gospel's sake you will find the true life that god created you To enjoy. Live for God. Satan will tell you, no, 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 no. Live for yourself. Just go to church, do a few things, give a few money, a few dollars, and just don't be extreme. Uh -uh. Lose your life. And God knows your heart. God knows your heart. I don't know your heart. God knows your heart. You are living every day for yourself or for Him. It's not about Bible study or just saying a few prayers or fellowship. This is not a game. The story, the story is true. The story is true. <laughs> the word of God is true. How do we know that? When we put our faith in Jesus, we became born of the Spirit. And we became children of God. And we experience God's presence. And we experience the forgiveness of sins. So it's true. Whether you Believe it and live it, or you enjoy it only mentally and live for yourself and die and waste your life. (laughs) It's gonna be you're gonna lose, lose, you're gonna lose your life no matter what, even if you keep it, you're gonna lose it. But if you lose it for God, you invested it. And you will be rewarded. And you will enjoy God's presence in a greater capacity. And you will be rewarded forever. And actually you will be rewarded while you are living. Why? (laughs) Do I look like a loser? (laughs) (laughs) Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we stand in awe. When we think about your love, like Pastor Jackie was saying, wow. You are amazing, God. You are amazing, God, to us. God, you called us by name when we were your enemies. When we hated you and hated your word and hated the church and hated everything about you, you broke the walls of our harshness and resistance. With your grace and mercy and love, God. God, thank you. Thank you for making us your children. God, you gave us good, awesome Calvary Chapel pastors to teach us your word. God, thank you. You are taking care of us, God. We think, we worry. But you got it under control, (laughs) God. You will take care of us in this life. And you are giving us open opportunity, equal opportunity to be used by you, God, to be your partners in fulfilling your eternal plans on earth and to be significant part of fulfilling the prophecies. And also...